Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Naomi McLeod. Hello. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, dear listener. Welcome back. Welcome to another another week, the fourth episode in season three of the Guitar Nerds podcast. And it's great. I mean, it's, you know, it's the end of January. This is normally when we're the time of year that we're getting NAM. Obviously, NAM isn't happening at the moment until whatever, June, something like that. But I don't, it doesn't feel like any companies will let know that that was happening because everyone's still releasing everything, which that is, is great. true. That is, is true. Although th- not, not as extreme as maybe last year or the year before. I think maybe sure. it feels like people are holding back hmm. slightly. Um, and, you know, there is, you know, I think they're saying, what, June for potential uh, renam. Um, but, yeah, it kind of feels like there's been a few releases, but nothing really under the radar of, like, this is Nam. No, you know what I mean. No. No, yeah, it's it's, but it's still. I, I feel like it's it's a lot of stuff in that. I can't in in all the time the the decade that we've been doing guitar nerds. Has, did did you see this recently? Someone on the guitar nerds group pointed out that the oldest episode that's on from when we, was the GAC Guitar Shop podcast, the oldest episode that's currently available, because I think some of them are dropping off now, you know, because GAC own all of those, so I don't know what they're doing with them. They probably don't have... I, I don't think I gave them the passwords to the account. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so who knows what, what's happening with them? But uh, the uh, the first episodes have gone now, but the oldest episode is is something like nine and a bit years old now, which is uh, it's pretty frightening, pretty... Oh frightening and apparently yeah who uh, someone was listening to it and they were like it's nothing's changed joe's still talking about polymath and uh (laughs) (laughs) fine yes just repeating the same stuff every single week for 10 years but uh but yeah anyway my my point was um what was oh yes that in all the time we've been doing the podcast there's always news every week there's always something new coming out like very rarely are there weeks where there's not at least a few things that are new that we can talk about? Not that we always talk about news, but I certainly always have them in the podcast notes. There's always a bunch of stuff. And towards the end of last year, there was just nothing. There was just nothing for us to add to the list. And uh, this year, you know, I'm looking at our podcast notes right here now. We, we're we not going to get around to these, but there's over 10 new things that we could uh, 
that we could get involved in. And some of those are umbrellas for complete ranges of things that have come out. So it's, it's good. It's a good time. New things stuff. Are looking up. Exactly. Exactly. But... Um, but yes, well, before you know, before we get into any of those things, uh, and talking about the the our Facebook group, Guitarheads group on Facebook, I posted the the other day. I was I was selling this uh, this pedal, a Hudson Electronic Broadcast. I sold it on uh, on my Reverb shop. As listener, I imagine you know, unless you're a new listener, I've been I've been selling through all my stuff to try and get enough money to. To, to put a deposit down on a on a flat, so I've been sending through everything, and I sold my Hudson broadcast. And you know, I, I I recorded with it quite a lot when my band were at the the ranch in Southampton, and uh, and then I came. I, it was it was listed whilst that happened, and I came back and I was like, you know what, it was really good. I should take it down from the reverb shop because it is a great pedal. And then as soon the next day after, I thought that, and then forgot to take it down. Someone bought it, so I was like, damn boxed it up <laughs> sent it out to them and then a couple of hours later i was uh i was i was like right it's lunch break i'm gonna play you know i'm gonna make a new little mini board make some weird sounds and i saw a hudson broadcast on the shelf i was like oh oh, oh. i really freaked out i said like, what have i sent this guy and i started even it's messaging him <laughs> i was like started but it had already been collected by ups so i started messaging the guy being like a Oh, you know, oh, you know I, I don't know what you've got, but then I, I was looking at the Hudson. I was like, "Hold on, this there's different Velcro on the back of this than there is pictured in the listing." So it's not the same Hudson broadcast, and we got that Hudson broadcast four plus years ago. So, <laughs> so I was like, well, "I've owned two for all this time." maybe longer and not known and it's really been i'm like i can't believe and this much i can't believe i had two hudson broadcasts but i have actually solved the mystery now anyway that was what i thought for a little while um i realized that the hudson broadcast we used at the studio wasn't ours it was the studios i didn't bring mine so i actually just packed theirs away and and took it back with me like a like a thief so I had to reach out to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I had to I had to reach out to the studio and be like, hi, you're not mi- missing a broadcast. And they were like, oh, God, we really needed that yesterday. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were like, well, tough. It's mine <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, you know, for anyone who followed that story, I'm not quite as, as gear obsessed that I actually owned two of the same thing without realising. It, it, there was a completely innocent answer to it. So. I um, it reminds me of um, a, a, a gag story, which Joe, whether you were working there at this point or not, and whether we've talked about this on the podcast before, but there was a, a great customer that always used to come in, older fella, big, big, long, sort of like white hair with his uh, partner, and always used to come in. I think probably like on a Saturday. Go to the bass tomorrow. I'd say probably at least one Saturday a month, if not like every week. Always remember seeing him in there. Lovely, lovely chap. Always bought a bass. Every time he came in, bought a bass. And it, the basses would range from like a couple of hundred quid to like something, you know, I would say like 1,500 uh, plus, but had a lot of basses. Wow. One day he bought an Epiphone, um, like Thunderbird bass. Right. And then a week later, he was like, I need to return this bass. We're like, oh man, like what's wrong? You never return anything. Basically, he just bought a new bass every week. And he went, oh, I just I got home and realised I already owned one. <laughs> 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 and I was just like, 
fair enough. Uh, I'm like, yeah, you sure I can't you really don't argue wa- with that? Are you sure, you don't want to? Um, <laughs> please, please, yeah. But uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that. Which also, I think, when we we're in our guitar nerd chat, led on to the conversation about people buying stuff when they're drunk, which led on from your thing last week, Joe, in the bass breaker. Mm. Um, and uh, I remember we had the slash aged and signed Les Paul which was, yeah, £9,999 and someone, uh, yeah, bought it. Well, overnight, the next day, was like, oh, you know, we've sold the Les Paul and then someone phoned up like nine o'clock sharp and was <laughs> like, you know, oh, no, um, I was uh, I was drunk. I didn't mean to, to buy it. Classic. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I, did we ever sell that, that slash? Yeah, that I, th- I can't remember if we talked about it on or off the pod, but I remember saying that the, the person I sold it to in the end, I gave him a free Gibson SG. Oh, we did. We did we talk did. about this, yeah. But it, it just, oh, man, so many funny stories. But I remember there was a story once about a guy that came in, apparently on a Saturday. For those of you who don't know, Gak is like in the middle of uh, the Brighton sort of lanes. There's lots of bars and pubs around. This guy came in on a Saturday. I don't think I was there. And he was like steaming drunk. And he bought like a £5,000 acoustic guitar. And the guy who was working there at the time was like, you know, maybe it's best if I just, you know, don't take it with you now. Just leave it here. Come pick it up tomorrow. Go and enjoy the rest of your Saturday afternoon. And I think he paid cash and we were like, okay, we'll put the cash in the safe. Like, won't cash it. Like, this guy clearly doesn't realise that he's just spent £5,000 on an acoustic guitar. And uh, we were like, he's never going to come back. And the next day he came back in looking like he's with a raging hangover being like, I'd like to take that guitar boy yesterday, please. <laughs> oh, he took it. He, he took it. it. Yeah, he came back the next day and, and took it. Oh, wow. You didn't even like, offer him a refund? Oh, no, you just was like, I want that guitar I bought yesterday. I was oh. like, okay, there you go. Well, I wish I had enough money to, to <laughs> buy a things. Imagine yeah. that. It's like, yeah, I don't want a guitar. Um, but, uh, yeah, the joys of... Uh, it was a good time. It was good times mm. working in that shop. But, yeah, some, definitely some funny stories like that. It was, yes, it was, it was the best times. Ah, oh, good old, oh, good old Gak days. Yeah. Although um, I've never owned, maybe Naomi or, or Joe, you've had this. I've never owned the same pedal at twice at the same time, but I've definitely too many times to count bought pedals, sold them and then bought them again. Cause I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Too many times to count. Um, I think the most memorable one for me was a beautiful, Aguilar, one of the super light cabs. I had the 112. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, when they, are they the ones that were really lovely shaped? Like they had a little corner. Yeah. They had almost like a piping on them as around well, the edge. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. Beautiful in every way. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I think a pretty common rig for a long time was for people to have a tone hammer and two of the 112s as their, as their rig. I just yeah. had one, but um, served me very well. And moving between projects, I needed a bigger cab. And um, to be fair, I needed the cash, but I had a feeling as I was selling it, I was like, I think I'm going to, no, no, I'm not going to regret this. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And um, picked up a four, 410 instead. But um, yeah, ever since I, I, um, really have wanted uh, a 112 once again. I did end up selling and rebuying my Tonehammer 500 um, 
<laughs> the exact, the exact uh, no, same no, one. Not the... uh, oh, I was going to say because that—that's. Uh, I mean, no, I don't know if I've ever had that happen. The same but unit. I mean, like I, d- I sold it and then. Yeah, I mean, I do record my cereals, but no, that would—that would have been. Um, that would have been quite. Uh, no, not embarrassing, but quite funny, I suppose. But um, yeah, so Aguilar has been a, a come and go or through my through my gear time. Um, and no problem with that. Um, I'm probably going to rebuy the exact Reverend base that I sold last year. Um, that was the, the McKelly 5. 5. Yeah, it was a McKelly stunning 5? base. Yeah. Um, and I've no shame in rebuying um, the exact model again. I don't think, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> think there were any, um, there was anything about it that, uh, that um, I could fault enough to, to divert to something else in my repurchasing. I'm trying to think what else. I think I, I think um, all my other repurchases have been since. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I've bought two synths twice. Um, Yamaha <laughs> Reface CS and a an Alesis Ion. But that's been it. That's, that's, that's of no interest to anyone here though, guys. I, well, I, I, the, 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 I think the refaces are pretty cool, but uh, at least they're not like super exactly. expensive. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's always a thing when I've bought and sold gear. That the bigger regrets are the are the more expensive sure. ones because I know that I'm probably never going to afford to buy yeah. it again. Or like when I'm looking at it now, the value's gone up. It's like looking at a custom shop Esquire again. And I'm like. God, how did I have the money the first time, you know, secondhand, and then I've sold it, and I'm like, how am I going to afford it again? You know, it's just one of those things you just like, you know, needs needs must at that time. But uh, yeah, I think uh, if I ever have kids and they get into playing guitar and... I've just been like, just, just never, you know, never sell anything. You know, if you find yourself, you know, in hard times, yeah, we'll work yeah, it out. you're, get, you're we'll getting one custom out. shop each, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that's uh, that. That's always the ones to me that have hit the hardest. The ones that are more expensive because you sort of, you know, 
you're never going to buy that again. Totally. You know, pedals and, and some of the cheaper amps I can see, but it's like, yeah, most of the time you're like, I, yeah, it's painful, painful handing over that sometimes going, I will never yeah. see you again. I think, yeah, or afford absolutely. it. <laughs> I think my mistake and the thing I've had to learn is just because a project is finished doesn't mean I'm done with certain specific items of gear forever. And, it's, you know, I think there's no harm mm. popping them in. Popping them in the old gear cupboard for, for a year or two if needs be, because you'll probably find a use for them again. There is yeah. a, there, there, you know, there, there really is the risk of going the other way, the, the other end of this, as I have, where, you know, I, I own, what is it, like four jazz mm-hmm. basses, four just vintage styled mm-hmm. jazz basses, like three P basses. So how many, how many class D bass heads do I have? Like, one. <laughs> Four plus t- like the two valve ones. I own two Ashdown ABM six hundreds. Admittedly, one of them's you know I, I was given by Ashdown. But why do I have two? That's ridiculous. And 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 if you don't ever sell anything, you end up like I am right now, which is crammed into the corner of a room that is otherwise completely filled with guitars. But on that note. You talking about your Macaulay 5 has made me think, and I was thinking about this earlier, I think this, I've never owned a Reverend guitar. I've only ever had them when we get them on loan. This is the year that I should buy a a, a Reverend guitar, I think, because Matt, you've got the Matt West signature mm. model. Yes, Which is single P90 in the bridge. It's got a tremolo, gorgeous sort of uh, offset. It's their Jetstream style uh, body shape, but bound. And like the scratch plate is wonderfully art deco and, and, and very unusual. Has that has that bass cut additional control that Reverend pop on everything. I love the look of a single cream P90 in the bridge as well. That's that's wicked. Um, and, you know, the, the fact they actually do it in kind of a forest green finish with a torque guard is their standard range. I know, Matt, you've got it in shell pink, obviously. Yeah, it's, uh, foam shrimp pink. Foam um, shrimp pink. But actually, I did see the other day, you know, Reverend are great at doing this. Um, admittedly, I, I'm sort of, more aware of the guitars than they may have done on basses, but they had effectively a run of Matt West guitars. I don't know whether it was specifically his signature, but definitely that body shape with one railhammer humbucker in the bridge. And then they did like a blue sparkle and then a gold sparkle and then like a silver sparkle. And uh, I think there was like six each. And I was just like, oh man, they just, they look so good. They look so good. They did do the the Mike Watt Watt Plower uh, Mark II in the sparkle gold finish as well. Um, cool. I think as so. That, so there was a base alternative to that, but yeah, they're great. They're great at limited run finishes. I think it has to be a, a guitar rather than a bass for me. I think none of the bases have quite got what I'm looking for nailed, but. You know the guitars. Obviously, there are about forty in their range. I'm kind of. I'm, yeah, I, sorry, I don't want to. No, I was just going to say sorry, I'm kind of surprised to hear that I, that um that none of the bases have really done for you, done it for you. What's what's been the closest oh, that's the tr- made you almost almost plump? The triad is the only one I think that would do what I what I nice. want from okay. a bass. Um, and the, so the the triad for you know, listeners, if you don't know, is there same same body shape actually is the Matt West obviously oversized for bass and it has three 
bladed jazz bass pickups in it. So it will do very much that sort of jazz bass tone. But because there are three of them and you can have all three on, you can get that Burns Wild Dog sound, that Burns Bison tone as well, which is just really aggressive and honky. Um, and of course, everything in between, just having, you know, three jazz style pickups makes it incredibly versatile. It's 34 inch scale. It's just very good. It's just very good. That's that's a great bass. But none of the other things for me really nailed it. I don't really like the look of Music Man style pickups. They're very modern. I love everything else about Reverend because they're very retro modern styled. But for me, those those huge pickups, they're, they're just not my vibe. Um, and that counts. That that discounts the McCallie, the Thundergun, the Dob King um, as well. The the Dub King, I th- I think actually the Dub King is I would say the one for me if it didn't have those pickups because it's so cool and it retro was- and oh, I've also been thinking about getting a Gretsch recently. It, it fits all of those things except those pickups seem just very yeah. at if, odds. If I had had to guess what Reverend you would go for, I would have said the Dub King, probably then the Watt Claret, yeah. then the Triad. Yeah, the Dub King's definitely... Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm saying the Triad just because I think, yeah, if I got that, I'd actually mm-hmm. play it. Whereas the Dub King, I'd get because it's incredibly cool, but I don't think I'd ever take it out because I really don't like the look of the pickups. But it's very cool, and it has some fantastic finishes as well, the Dub King. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. With guitars, there's just a... There's a bit more variety, um, I think. And it's, it's annoying that you've got the Matt West, um, Matt, because... That is happily my favourite one that they do, and I don't want to get the same thing as you. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I do. To... It's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like uh, you know when you all first start playing guitar, and your mates already got the the Ibanez RG seven three two one. You're like, I can't have the same RG seven three two one. I yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but that was my mate's first first guitar, and obviously we were all into like corn and new metal at that point but seven string is your first guitar we're all just learning to play guitar and you pick it up and you're like wait why does nothing yeah. sound right <laughs> um but yeah i do i do know that uh that 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 feeling and um yeah you just never want to have you never want to have the same exact same as someone else it must be difficult in the world of math rock joe when everyone's using uh orange amps and similar guitar pedals yeah yeah it's it's well i tell you what you know recently tim has retired his um electro harmonics pog 2 from his board for the simple reason that uh he's like it's done him well like it's you know he's used it a lot for various things but it's literally become the sound of math rock it's just so predictable now it's just such a you know it's become the les paul and and marshall jcm of the of the math rock community you know it's quite a noble move really i mean they're they're such a divisive topic i feel like people people love the pog tone or they absolutely like i've heard few uh remarks on pedal sounds quite as impassioned as those who hate pogs Guitar nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help guitars look, sound and play their best. 
after two years of research and development and in a collaboration with top guitar repair shops music nomad has developed the keep it simple setup they demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anybody can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great with their kiss method and their gauges you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups they have a 24 page instructional booklet available in seven languages downloadable for free loads of how-to videos as well as complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as fender gibson taylor prs and more not only is it fun but a properly set up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level learn more at music nomadcare.com follow them on social media with at music nomad care and kiss your guitar with music nomads keep it simple setup yeah yeah i, I think i definitely changed but i think uh, early on you know i loved it it sounded so different so new mm-hmm. so refreshing it would it it made all the sort of twiddly high bits that you get in math sound more yeah, pronounced like nothing else that had come before it was such a specific tone and it suited the genre so well but as i get older and more obsessed with vintage stuff all that i can hear is how tacky it's very it 2008 at this um, point yes which is fine it, if, exactly if, if you're exactly, happy to stay it. in that year you know for, forever in music <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> that's fine too i i just i wonder if the pog 2 is going to do the uh it's going to do the same thing as Korn's bass tone. Oh, man. Uh, you yeah. know, it, for sort of, for just how undesirable that is uh, in, a, <laughs> in a few years. So, shall we see? I'm, I'm, I'm happy with his, uh, happy with his noble choice, uh, to be honest. Yes, exactly. But, you know, it, actually, to be honest, speaking about the genre, was, and, and, um, and Matt, you know, like seven strings, um, uh, I was contacted today by uh, uh, Kerry Funnel. Do you, you, you know uh, I, Kerry? I do. Uh, Naomi, I think yeah, from, from No Violet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's she's a mm-hmm. she's a great bass player in the band No Violet, who are honestly one of my favourite like live bands to go and see. Just the the incredible vocals that that band have, like nothing I've ever heard. Uh, they're one of my favourite live acts. You know, just small band who will just always impress you. But anyway, Kerry, the bass player in that band, is is playing guitar in a couple of other. Uh, a couple of other bands at the moment, a couple of other projects. And she messaged me and was like, I need your help getting a new guitar amp. I need some advice on a new guitar amp because I'm in two different bands. One band, I'm playing a jazz master. The other band, I'm playing an eight string. And I need an amp that can cover those basses. Well, cover the, you know, not basses. Well, not intended. <laughs> yeah, no, no pun intended. So I was like, I can't think of a broader... You know, two more different things than the jangle of a jazz master and then the full range of an eight-string eight guitar. Without giving anything away if it's, exactly. if it's under wraps. Do you know what genre she's going no, at no, with the eight-strings? I, I don't. I don't. She, she didn't mention... Well, she said that would be very high-gain and heavy, mm. you know, obviously. But, you know, I don't know any more than that. She said lots of sort of jangly, jangly chords for the jazz master band and some sort of lots of... Uh, uh, heavy, uh, mostly uh, finger tap stuff on the eight string, but two two wildly different things. She wants one amp. Gave me a good budget. She was like, "I've got around eight hundred quid to spend on it." And I was like, "That that's good." Because I was concerned she was going to be. You know, you often get it where people are like, "Yeah, and I have three hundred yeah. pounds to do this with." So, I was like, <laughs> show me your best. Eight hundred pounds was a great. 
Exactly. £800 was a great budget. So, uh, um, so I don't, actually, before I tell you my choices, what do you think? Top of your head, um, Matt and Naomi, what, what would you suggest, uh, Matt? Do you want to go first? So does the amp need to have two channels? Doesn't... So in the sense that if... Yes. Oh, yeah, right, that's okay. actually something she asked for as well. She she would like. <laughs> well, no, she didn't say that. She said it would just. She actually it doesn't. I guess require two channels, but she wants she wants to do drive through the amp. So it is. It's. I guess that is. I wouldn't put that high on the list, but yes, if you could turn on and off some sign, you know, the switch between two channels. I guess that would be advantageous. She didn't mind if it was a combo or a head okay. and a cab. She kind of favoured the idea of head and cab because, uh, you know, it, because I think she ends up that they end up supporting a lot, and so a head would be quite a convenient thing. But uh, but she didn't she didn't mind. And actually, I think three out of the four things I suggested were combos actually no two out of the four things were combos so um, and what was the budget again 800 pounds of which on half of mine i came substantially under okay interesting oh that's tricky 800 pounds 800 quid so you know just uh, if you're going head and cab just assume the cab's going to be 300 ish you know, 400-ish. So you know, the head's got to kind of be somewhere around that. She didn't mind it being a bit more. She wasn't fussed if it was a bit more. She wants the right product, but she was like, ideally, this is what I have to spend. Okay, okay. If, um, if you need time to think, maybe, Naomi, uh, what do you think? When you said head and cab, that obviously it's a little more to fit into 800. But just going on head, um, I would have said something like the Quilter Overdrive. Are you guys familiar with them? I am not. No, that's the. Is that so, that's yes. solid state? Right. Sol- Sorry. No. Did she? Yeah, did yeah. she stipulate that she's looking for hybrid or valve? No. Oh, sure. No. Yeah. I was just like. I was just making sure. I was yeah. No. No. You are. Thing. You are. I, I. I even. I even checked if she was fussy about valves, and she absolutely isn't. She said she wants the right amplifier okay, cool. for the job. So yeah, Quilter, and particularly as a fellow sort of band on the move, uh, wanting something to bring easily to gigs. Uh, Quilter is, as far as I know, it's sort of a one man one man company or certainly a one man um designer really small really small company who make amazing lightweight solid state heads um they make the base block joe i'm not sure if that's um come on your radar before the base block 800 yeah, they're they're honestly a, a brand that I've glossed over a lot just because I don't like the look of the logo. Yes, I very know old that, school. Uh, you know, mutual friend of yeah, exactly. I know mutual friend of ours, Naomi mm-hmm. Joe Thorpe, loves a quilter, and uh, and and I I find myself often at odds with uh, with some of his amplifier choices. So I think maybe almost that's maybe not look at them, but these actually do look great. I never right, look at right. This company. So I don't know. I I I don't like to be biased towards gear first for anything other than its its sound, but it is a great sounding head, any demo I've heard. Um, 202, obviously, is for its two channels. You've got a clean and a drive channel. Um, super simple controls. You literally have gain limit output on the drive channel and a super basic three band on the clean channel. Uh, there's a reverb on there as well. And it is a, it's a 200 watt, um, I believe, is it? Overdrive 200. Yeah, two, 200 watt. Yeah, um, it looks like it, yeah. Three channels. So not it's not obviously absolutely massive on 
power, but should still see you through most uh, most sort of smaller stage gigs or would mic up really nicely with a cab. That comes in somewhere around five five fifty uh, UK. Um, so that would be my first vote for head, I would say. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting, unexpected choice, actually. I, I really wondered, because I thought my responses were quite standard, so I wondered how many would overlap, but that is not one I even thought of. And it's a great option um, for something that will do clean mm-hmm. and drive really well and with the added yes. bonus of being portable. Matt Knight, what do you think? Um, yeah, that is... Uh- a, a really good choice and something I hadn't thought about. If someone's going everywhere from eight string to mm-hmm. jazz master, um, I guess it would help if I knew some of the music so I could understand. Cause I started looking at things like some of the cheaper, like PV, like EVH heads and things to cover the gainier side of stuff. Uh, but, but then you're sacrificing on, on a fender clean. Exactly. So I wonder if this is just, um, stealing Naomi's uh, excellent thought of a pedal board based amplifier uh, Victory makes some of those kind of like preamp pedals um, obviously you've got like the Kraken which is more high gain and then you've got the I think the Duchess which is their kind of more fendery type one but the one in the middle is like the Jack which is based on their V30 which is an incredibly popular uh, amp head and that does everywhere from a really good clean to uh, more drive you've got two channels um, you've got the options of running um, effects in there as well so if you're integrating it into a pedal board you know you could use things like um, you know reverb and stuff if you wanted to clean it up a little bit because I, I kind of like the idea if I was approaching such radically different bands but with one rig that to me seems like the better way to go because I think you'll get more flexibility than if you try and buy a head that covers a bit of everything. Um, But otherwise I don't know. I I must admit I'm kind of stuck because yeah, a lot of amps tend to go down the, you know, unless you go down a purely clean amp and then you, for the heavier stuff with an eight string, you do just use a drive pedal. Um, yeah yeah this is it i I did mention to her you know that's obviously mm -hmm. the alternative option but you know if she really wants to do everything in one box you know there are still some good things for her well i mean you'll be unsurprised to know that my my suggestion and and whilst i gave her four things i I did lean heavily on this one unsurprisingly was the boss katana mark ii 100 watt 212 combo it's you know it's big it's lightweight it's affordable the clean channel is great. Plus, now you've got those alternative voicings. You've got something maybe a bit more fendery on that alternate voicing for the clean, which is gorgeous. And then you've got whatever, umpteen, whatever it is, three other gain channels that you can switch between with a with a, a foot switch as well, as well as having access to the effects, even if you don't want those. Um, and I think it does both of those things very well, very cleanly. Certainly... It was one of the few I could speak from experience on because where Polymath don't use eight strings, Tim, who uses the Katana 100, does tune down to an A on his six string for some stuff. And the Katanas handle that very well, maintaining clarity and, you know, depth. And it doesn't get muddy or muffled. They're very good at that. For goodness sake, he uses two of them because he has one set up as his drive amp and one that just has a sub running through it. So he uses it as like a, a bass amp 
um, that he just clicks on and on, on and off for, you know, big riffs and stuff. So in as far as dealing with low tones, it's very good. And we know the cleans are very good. So it's going to be jangly enough for a jazz master. Plus, it's miles under her budget. So that, that for me, was the, the main one. Other things I thought were worth looking into, very predictable choices by me, I guess, which was the Vox Night mm-hmm. Train 50, um, the, the Orange Super Crush 100, and if she was looking to make a purchase from me, the Fender Bass Breaker 1830. <laughs> <laughs> Second but, uh, careful yeah. owner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But um, but you know, I I thought I thought those were other kind of reasonable ideas. I have to say, the only one of my ideas that I think is any good now is the katana because I think this quilter is such a such a good shout. And and you know, Matt, I think also maybe you're right. Maybe looking at something that's pedal board integration. I honestly think she probably just wants something quite simple that's going to do both of those jobs. Mm. Um, but it, you know, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's tricky, and uh, you know, as a slight side note, talking of eight strings, the uh, you know, quite possibly one of the best bands of all time, uh, Meshuggah launched the new single for their new album, and obviously they are the original heroes of the eight string. And man, you listen to that single, and you're just like, no one comes close. Like, there's so many great players out there who play eight strings from all these wonderful, you know brands and manufacturers from sort of more, you know, bigger brands like Ibanez to more boutique stuff. And you're like, it's good. It's great playing, but no one comes close to that band <laughs> in terms of just like the sheer sonics of that band. And, and I don't know about this record and it'd be interesting to see when it comes out, but their last record to come out was the first one that they'd done, I think since the early nineties where it was real amps, everything really? they did was all digital it's all plugins and uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see because you listen to that and like sonically you know it does sound more like the last record which is 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 using more is using more real amps but i definitely think that if you i mean i guess with eight strings as well there's you know there's a lot of jazz players who play like eight or 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 even 10 strings, and I have done for decades. And and for that, I, I always think, you know, something like a big Fender Twin or a JC120, if you want the big clean and the boominess and the headroom, you know, cover all the frequencies, That that's what you need. But then you totally yeah. sacrifice the drive side sure. exactly. of things. You know. yeah. But I, I always think a clean platform can be more driven, but a, a solely driven platform is, is difficult to get a, a solid clean sound out of. Well, that's it. That's it. I, you know, I, I think you're absolutely right. A, a very reasonable solution here is a great sounding clean amp and then a really good drive pedal, but, uh, mm. you know, or a drive pedal that suits whatever she's trying to do. Nonetheless, okay. Well, those were, those were some good, those were some good suggestions um now matt knight you've uh you've uh you've, you've finished a pedal board this week ah i have so i've got quite a busy well so there's quite a busy month happening in my in my household at the moment because uh we are not far away from my wedding which means that um last weekend amy was away for a uh well this weekend she's away for a hendu last weekend she was away for a like a family get together um so I realised I dismantled my old big pedal board back in February last year um, and just haven't touched it since, mainly because I've been playing a lot of boss stuff and I've I've been demoing a lot of boss stuff from home. But I was like, right, finally going to do it. Um, 
and I've sort of been piecing it together slowly over the last like three months, like making sure that this time I'm going to make the neatest possible job and just wire it as cleanly as possible to the point where I'm I'm going. I can't change anything on this board because it will just like disrupt <laughs> everything. Like all the cables are like, you know, as right angled as they can be and, and all of that. Cause I was like, I just want a board that is, is kind of all my favorite go-to stuff that I just, I leave. And then like you said earlier, Joe, just got a bunch of pedals in boxes or on shelves and a pedal board with a power supply. If you want to just hook stuff up really quickly, but yeah, finally finished this board and plugged in some pedals I haven't plugged in for ages and just going, man, I forgot I had some great presets on here or some, some great sounds, mainly um, the Eventide H9. I just, really? Yeah. You're still harping on about the H9? I just love I it. Can't believe it's, I can't believe it's it's survived all this time. As in, I'm not criticising it. I'm saying it was one of the first things to come out that had this, that was this elaborate. And it's really stood mm, the test of time. Absolutely. You know, even now, like, you know, when, when we were doing Gear of the Year and like Mikey Demas was talking about how uh, the Helix is becoming a little bit old hat and, you know, that, the, you know, Neural D- DSP is a, you know, the, that's the more modern one. That It's almost time to discontinue the Helix, you know. And I'm like, oh, God, is it <laughs> is it that time already, you know. So I'm, I'm just surprised. The H9 seems to have su- survived all of that it's still something that people are absolutely happy with yeah and i think you can only really get the best out of it by having an external midi switcher or you know you're just using it in the studio because the actual user interface is terrible you can't really edit anything on the u you know you need to have the app connected to it and, and all of that stuff but once you've got some presets in it i mean obviously you've got everything from the time factor the mod factor you know, you've got all of the kind of crazy reverb algorithms in it. And, you know, I was getting some great reverb and delay sounds. And then, you know, A being that with things like the CXM, I'm like, this has got some amazing sounds in it. But the real winner for me is all of the pitch algorithms. And obviously, Eventide have made pitch products since the 1980s, and they have been the champion of that. But... There's just some great, there's just some really cool effects on there that I'm like, you can't buy another pedal that does this. Yeah. You know, Eventide really do do it the best. I mean, obviously, you can buy Digitech for the whammy stuff or, you know, Electroharmonics if you want the octave down stuff. But for kind of like, you know, uh, rhythmic delays and pitches and stuff like that, there's just some, some great stuff in there for more ambient things. So, that was really cool to kind of dive back into that. Uh, finally, we talked about it with with Mikey and and Thorpey, but Deluxe Memory Man still just working as long as I don't turn it on and off. <laughs> it's um, it's absolutely fine. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty extensive board that covers everything. Finally, uh, talking about gear that we sold and then uh, repurchased, I I repurchased a Moog. Uh, ring modulator. Oh, love those. The original big, <laughs> the original big box one. Um, oh, wow! How, where did you find one of those? Uh, I well, I guess they're about. They're just expensive. They are about, and they are expensive. But I always, you know, say as long as you, you know, you have your channels, be it Reverb or eBay or wherever. Generally, I always go sold. Have have any sold within the last 
six months and you'd be amazed at how many do actually sell and then you actually do get a better idea of what they actually sell for and then it's just a case of like a waiting game and just being like waiting for someone who's desperate for the money <laughs> and it's just <laughs> listing it at like right i just need to sell it now price uh or just something that's like mislisted um but that that the thing i always loved about that ring modulator is uh one obviously uh Omar used it loads on the Mars Volta, so you can hear it all over Delauston yeah. and everything else. There's, there's that sound to it. But it's one of the only ring modulators that goes slow enough to make a really good tremolo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. And so good that it actually, for tremolo, I was using the Origin FX um, Revival Trem. But it's just totally wiped that off the board because I'm like, I can have that and go from tremolo to ring modulator, you know, because quite often you're playing a swampy blues and then you, you <laughs> just <laughs> ramp it up for that ring modulator solo in the middle. You know, I'm sure, uh, you know, all the great blues guys, but BB King, you know, they, they would have all loved a ring modulator for those solos. Um, so, yeah, it's been cool to dive into a bit of that. And the great thing about those is you can kind of like every control on the front can be controlled with an expression pedal which is obviously madness. You you could plug. How, I, how many expression pedals have you plugged into it at uh, once? Uh, well, funny you should say that. Uh. <laughs> um, I think probably like two or three, but I only have two feet. So obviously you're doing a kind of like, I'm turning everything up at once here. But uh, Moog did make two products that are quite rare uh, that worked with those those big box pedals one of which um was the cp251 which is basically a control processor so it's a box that just sends out expression signals and then you've just got like 16 outs and then the idea is that you patch it into all of the big mo pedals and it's like a control processor um but they did actually make a multi-out expression pedal for that series, which was basically a, it looked like a big Digitech whammy that had four buttons on it and an expression pedal that had, I think, four, eight CV outs that then would plug into those pedals. This is ridiculous. I'm loving this. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, then you would set presets. So you could have like presets and stuff, send out preset, like control voltages to all your pedals. Absolutely bananas. I think I had the cho- chance to buy one once when I worked at GAC and never did. I was like, oh, I never, never need one of those. And then you just can't find them. And when you do, they're just horrendously expensive. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you can you can even if you want to get weird on the pedal itself, you can actually patch some of the outputs into some of the inputs, so you can kind of like make it express itself. <laughs> Right, of course. I mean, that, I why wouldn't you most want to do pedals that? have that, right? Yeah, yeah. You just you know go out from the you know the mix out into the like you know frequency in, and when you turn the mix control up, it'll also change something else. You know, so, so very cool. very cool. Um, this is very cool. You, you, sorry, carry on. No, no, no. Please go. I was I was going to say you you also got like the, the, there's another pedal that's coming to your range, which is actually which is something that I really want to get as well because it is fantastic fantastic for bass and i'm just i'm wondering how you're you're using it 
what the ring modulator no the well, i'm talking about the source audio ah yes filter. yes i so for the last three weeks you've always we've gone right has anyone bought anything new to talk about I'm like no and then i totally remembered that i actually did buy something new at christmas and uh literally didn't unbox it until i started building this pedal board this weekend uh yeah i bought a source audio spectrum filter um so i'm a massive fan of auto wire uh, who isn't? Who loves a bit of funky auto wire? Who isn't? Auto wire is the best. I'm, I must admit, my, my my love of the auto wire has come on massively since getting really into Tom Tom Meesh because it's just like this amazing sort of like neo soul jazz stuff, and he's just got this amazing auto wire sound. And uh, I've really wanted to, you know, stick to my Boss roots and buy a Boss FT2 dynamic filter. But it's one of the rarest pedals we ever made. I think we only made 9,000. So just like, can't get one of them. But the thing I loved about the Source Audio is that it actually, um, dare I say, models some great auto-wires like the um, Love Tone Meatball and the Mutron, which are two of my favourite auto-wires. But it also models an OC2. Um, Yeah, yeah. Probably shouldn't shouldn't say, but uh, you know, dare, dare I dare I talk about it? But the great thing is, is that you can plug it in via USB, and then it's got a full fledged editor. So it's got two internal voices, so like filter voices, which can right. be auto filters or phases. Plus, it's got ten different distortions, including fuzzes and octave fuzzes, <laughs> and then you can have two different octaves including one octave down two octaves down and one octave up so you can have two of those running together or if you run stereo in and stereo out you can have two different signals running in and out which is pretty mad this sounds so easy like, this does a yeah, lot more this than is I incredible yeah. i actually didn't know there was such a um combining of effects in it i want to get one yeah like, i think after it's because we finish recording <laughs> yeah i think um I think it's because it's ba- it's just digital. It's not it's sure. not analog. So I think there's a lot of their you know digital sound engine. A lot of stuff obviously probably doesn't take up a huge amount of DSP. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming so they can afford to chuck a bit more stuff in there. Um, so yeah, you've got basically a switch on the front that you know all the controls on the front can be remapped if you want them to. But out of the box, you've got a couple of great auto wires and then thrust, which is their like OC2 sound. And then you've got like a little button you can press at the top called Alt, and it gives you four different controls and four different presets. So, you know, easy, hands-on, very um, WYSIWYG, you know, um, what you see is is what you get on it. It's nothing kind of too crazy. But then when you plug it in, obviously you've got all of these mental options that you can, uh, you can, you can go through. The only criticism is that you have got MIDI, but... It has no MIDI ports, which is really annoying. So the only way to access some of the deeper MIDI functions is by using their proprietary Neuro Hub, which means you have to buy a whole other box that's designed to connect to lots of Source Audio pedals at once. Ah. Or you have to buy what the uh, someone makes is called like a ghost converter, which basically takes a MIDI in and then sends a USB out in a much smaller box. I think Disaster Area Designs make that. But that's that's the only annoying thing. But I, I bought it knowing that I just wanted a couple of on-the-fly auto-wire sounds. 
Yeah. And yeah. and that does that and it does it really well. And some of the base settings are just amazing because it's, cause it's got a phaser in, you can have like auto wire and phaser with a bit of OC2. And it's just like, oh, it's this glorious, like vintage, um, you know, filter sound. Um, this sounds great. It's sub 200 quid as well. It's yeah. like, this is affordable for the amount of features they have crammed in there for something that's passed me by. I love the fact, the new look of the source audio pedals that, you know, they just look retro and cool and simple, but having all this extra stuff under the hood as well, mm. it, this is great. This is a great product. 180 pounds. Do I need a new auto wire? I know I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll race yeah. you for one, Joe. Yeah, I think, I think just to um, just to build on what you're saying there, Joe, it's a really good move for Source, who obviously have known what they're at with great digital sounds for so long, but um, the pedals just look a lot better now, don't they? They, um, they yeah. They've finally oh, moved away yeah. from the sort of uh, neat, neat, oh, but Boy. maybe, maybe yeah, 2000s-esque uh, sort of look. Oh, it was... It was it was a very mm. strange look. It was like, it was not something anyone ever wanted to have on a pedal board. It was, it was really weird. They looked like, uh, like kids sort of handheld computer games. You know, the little ones you buy that might just have one racing game on them. It, bit, it was yeah. just a, it was a very mm-hmm. weird aesthetic. It, it's funny, isn't yeah. it? It's like brands like that definitely trying to push the boundaries of what a pedal could be at that point. And obviously everyone now is pretty much settled on like, you know, and no discredit to the people that, to, and there's great people like Thorpey that are making their own ones, but most brands are buying an off the shelf, like Hammond die cast aluminium yeah. box. And, and, and that's fine because that, that's a, a thing you don't have to worry about. But obviously, there's a lot of brands at that point going, um, you know, oh, we'll just make it look like this. And obviously, they put huge emphasis on things like their hot hand controller, if you remember that, which was the ring that you put on your finger. Yes. And then obviously, the oh, yeah, the, yeah, you know, and then when dubstep was a massive thing and we were all into Skrillex, you know, obviously, they were like, oh, you can make all these great, you know, um, you know, um, sort of like dub sounds and things like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's great. I really want to do that. And then obviously, totally impractical. However, they still do make the hot hand and it does work with the, the Spectrum filter. So now I'm like, now I'm a bit older, you know, you know, 20 years has passed. Maybe I do want to put a, a ring on my finger and then use it as a, uh, as a, um, an auto one. Maybe that's something for the wedding, Joe. There's some oh, sort yeah, of that's... like surprise of the. <laughs> Instead of saying vows, you could just, do some sort of hot hand solo. Yeah, just some sort of incredible bass solo. Just like <laughs> um, that would be amazing, absolutely amazing. But um, it. it's yeah, it's a great pedal. I still have the OC2 on my board because you know special place in my heart that pedal. I, I love that thing. Uh, and another pedal that I bought, sold to Joe, and then bought again because oh, yeah. I definitely need one. Too. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I retired mine from my pedal board, my OC2, recently because I just I wasn't really using it. And and uh, to be honest, even the OC2, as wonderful as it is, it really struggles in the sort of tunings that the polymath are Oh, I can imagine, in. yeah. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's great. It's just uh, I just have to be very careful where I use it to make sure I don't go below a certain mm-hmm. few notes, you know, to... <laughs> So it's it, it's it's tough to find the right place for it, and I was just like, oh, I'm just not using it enough. I'm gonna, and I I love it. Like it's it's an, a great sound. I just I almost didn't want it on my touring board, you know, in case anything happened to it for the for the, the little amount I was using it. Are you still using the OC five? I am. Yeah, not in any active projects just yet, but in my in my own noodlings, I am. And 
Yeah, it's tricky to find application for that. Yeah, sort of thing. I feel like I feel like quite a lot of bassists, um, you know, discover discover the OC two, three, or or I suppose now the five, and think, oh my god, this is the artistic answer to all of my bass playing forever, and you know, it's <laughs> it's a really fantastic effect. I absolutely love octave, but I do think it 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 should be used um, should be used with care in the mix. You know, it's not worth yeah. It's not worth masking your guitarist or losing yourself in the mix by kind of rushing hastily exactly. into it. I say that as if I'm some sort of wise, seasoned octave pedal user. I just, <laughs> I just adore the OC sound, and um, sadly, in the new punk project, which isn't even mine, um, I haven't been allowed to engage it just yet. So but we'll see. <laughs> Bear with me. I'll, um, yeah, I might report back differently in a few months. Oh, well, yes, I, I I would look forward to it. Definitely octave bass on punk stuff. Yeah, I, I want to hear mm. it. I want to hear it. Um, so we we got a new guitar last week. I said I'd talk about uh, this week, and we sort of gone off on one this week. Haven't done any any of the news that I talked about. It's always a good pod when you don't episode. do any news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I want to talk about a guitar that I got said. So, uh, you know, so a while ago, I, I mentioned this actually on last week's Patreon, but you know, I, I want to talk about it in, in more detail on the podcast. A while ago, I think we had Blake over on an episode. Blake Wyland from uh, the Tone Mob and Chasing Tone came over on and did an episode uh, with us on Guitar Nerds. And I asked him about like what you know, what new thing, what what thing has he discovered recently that he's super excited about? And he said Grez guitars. Um, and he spoke so for for a guy who sees it as much, if not probably more gear than than we do. Um, he was so excited, so enthusiastic about this brand um, that you know it is sort of it, it had to grab my attention. And I think we, we reached out to um, uh, to oh god, I forgot his first name. Grez, I'm going to look at Barry. There we go. Yes, yeah, so we uh, yeah we we reached. I reached out to Barry Grez and just said, look, we spoke about you on this episode. Your stuff's really cool, and it's a it's a relatively small US custom shop. He makes some fantastic guitars, and you know they're they're very much a, a little US um, uh, custom shop. So I wasn't expecting to to get anything for us to do anything with over here. But he got back in touch with me recently. Was like, oh, there's actually um, one of my Mendocinos in the UK at the moment. If you want to have a butcher's at it, so he, I said yes, and he sorted it out, and that turned up the other the other day. If you go onto the GrezGuitars.com website. And you look up the Mendocino. It's uh, it's very much the one. It's the demo unit that's in all the videos. So that's been knocking around for a long time, for years since he built this guitar. So that's obviously been doing the rounds through sort of you know reviewers and stuff like that. And it's finally made it here. And he's like, just be aware. It's a, you know it's something I made a while ago, and it's it's quite worn. You know, it's really been on the track. Uh, so just be aware. And he was like, I don't, I think the, uh, I think the fellow who had it before maybe strung it up with some heavy strings or something. I was like, that's fine. I don't mind. And it turned up and it's definitely, it's been played hard (laughs) for for something that's so lovely. And I was, but it turned up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it turned up with 12s tuned half a step down. And I was like, this is the greatest. (laughs) It was already like, that's my biggest problem when stuff turns up. I'm like, this is really cool, but I can't really have fun playing it until I change the strings because these are all sort of weird and wimpy, sloppy strings that just sort of fret out all over the place. And you, you always have to then, you know, if you really want to play something properly, I've got to then put real strings on it. And then if I've got to send it 
off to someone else afterwards. I have to undo all that because people Antwerp can't play twelves. So have we can, <laughs> you know. So it's there's always a lot of effort for me with demo pieces that we get. So the fact that it came with twelves, I was very excited about that. That already made me overly enthusiastic. But gorgeous Lola gold foils, just a pair of gold foils in there. These lovely simple wood volume and tone controls. It's a kind of a Gretsch esque single cut hollow body. It's five pounds in weight, which I loved. It was so lightweight and so playable. It had this gorgeous hollow tone, that sort of that mid presence, but with that space in the sound. It was just, it sounded like old blues, you know, just <laughs> unplugged, you know, as well as no it was ring much so like good. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Gorgeous headstock, like original headstock, still traditional, but with his own edge. Everything about it was just. It's not over. It's very understated, very simple, but just really, really well done. Um, I did. A, I put a little video of it on the a little reel on the on the Guitar Nerd's Instagram, dear listener. So do check it out. But I can't get enough of this guitar. It's so good. I, I would also just like to point out that uh, Barry, did you say his name was from from mm. Grass Guitars? Looks like he should be in Reservoir Dogs. He looks like one of the coolest yeah. dudes on the planet. He's got like <laughs> slicked back, like slightly grey hair. He's got like a denim jacket on. I'm just like, man, that guy should needs to be in a Tarantino movie. Uh, it's amazing. I, I just think these guitars are very, they look very cool. I mean, there's a on his website, there's a Mendocino in black, which I guess is the not, there's a baritone one, which is in the natural colour, which is the same as uh, the one you've got, Joe. But the one in black, I think, looks extremely cool uh i'm in i think uh i also had to find out what mendocino was or where mendocino is it's in northern california for anyone in the uk i wasn't sure um (laughs) but yeah they also make a junior version which looks cool as well ah what's the difference with the junior version uh a single pickup yeah it's just a single pickup is it a slightly different body shape it's not bound as well. There's yeah. beautiful binding. Oh uh, yeah, I think it's all it's a bit more stripped yeah. back, isn't it? Sure. Um, I was pretty bowled over by it. I I'm not sure if I'd heard any or at least many uh, semi hollow bodies before. Um, but as we were chatting about Reverend earlier, who are obviously an all Karina company, I'm a huge fan of the mahogany uh, family genre, whatever the correct term is of. Of tone woods, tone wood. um, and yeah, I just think it has really stunning low mids and lows in the tone. Um, I used to be a huge fan of all of the sort of all mahogany sort of guild acoustics, um, mm. and then the kind of all Koa Taylors that you can get. And I'm not sure if this was the case on any of those, but uh, on the Mendocino, I, I see it's as many one piece um, bodies as they can as they can make as well, which is pretty amazing. The neck, I think, is all one-piece mahogany cool. as well. That's, yeah. It's it's very cool. Everything about it is cool. Also, for the natural one, 2,900 USDs, which is, you know, really not bad. When you compare it to, you know, to sort of how much a Gretsch, for example, mm. it's annoying mm-hmm. to compare it to that, but, you know, it's, it is, it is, they are similar. Um, so, you know, you know, that's, that's a, a fantastic price for that. I really like the, oh, oh, by the way, you can also have an LR bags, um, piezo or piezo, uh, for the US folks, uh, a bridge pickup, uh, and blend system installed into the Mendocino, Mendocino, which very is nice. very, very cool. That, 
Yeah, exactly. And and also, I found on their website, there is a video of the Mendocino with humbuckers and 12-gauge flat oh, wow. wounds. Okay. That's there. That's 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 tone that's, right that's, there. A, that's that is tone. That is my guitar right there. That is. Uh, they, um, they're very. Cool. I don't know if you saw this on their website. I was just having a look. They've got a tab called Custom Shop. Always worth having a click on. They made a bass, or they can make a bass. But they made one before, before oh. the CRB fifteen, which is a fifteen point two five inch semi hollow bass, fretless bass. Oh um, my! <laughs> that has that has Jay Branton written. Where where did you find uh, this? On their website, it, it, under custom, under, oh, there you are. and custom. under arch top. Uh, uh, custom arch top. I have to. So I have to see yeah, this. kind yeah, of. Sorry. Yeah, although he's saying thirty inch scale <gasps> fretless. Oh. I don't know what I'm missing there. Yeah. Is it just a? Oh, it's, it's the body. Fifteen point two five semi hollow body. Oh, right, okay. okay, it's the body size. Yeah, yeah. Because it looks oh, like a goodness. really tiny neck. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! It looks incredible. And he said it's only thirty one hundred US dollars. There you go, Joe. I build bases like this in a variety of sizes and depths. (laughs) What have you done? Oh no! (laughs) It's beautiful looking. Awesome. I work for the credit card company that Joe Branton applies for all his credit cards. I just approve him, (laughs) you know, and then sort of just works in my favour. It's just all credit card companies because I have one of all of them. uh, uh, It'll be fine. I'm going to die before I pay them back. But uh, but yeah, I oh, I am very excited by that. That's yeah, cool. That looks extremely cool. Wow. Well, there you go, dear listener. Go and check out Grace Guitars because they are absolutely stonking. I uh, I really love them. I really love them. But um, but that that is it. We've actually run out of time, dear listener. That is all the time we have for this week. We're going to head over to Patreon. We, we're going to try and do some of the news <laughs> over on the Patreon special episode because we've done none of it. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah. we do some oh, it's do pressing. some of the quirky news. Let's do the let's do the quirky we will. We'll, news. We'll do some quirky news over on the Patreon. And dear listener, if you want to join us, you can. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, which really helps me out as this is my job. You can uh, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you get uh, the episodes ad free and early each week. Five dollars gets you access to our Patreon special episodes and the whole like back catalog, all our mini series, things like that. $10 gets you the lot plus all. Sing you my thanks in a song at the end of every episode. But, you know, I've been doing this song thing for a while. I used to do the names in one breath. I feel like it needs a new thing. So I'm open to suggestions, dear listener. I want your suggestions. What what else should I do? What, what else would you like? Maybe $10 tier Patreon backers suggest what you would like within reason, and I'll do it. Um, but yes, you can find us on all your favourite social media platforms. Join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook. That's fun. Um, thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Walker, Ben Harder, John Brown, Holly Simpson, John Conaway, Eric Vaughan, Russell Healing, Paul Drew, Peter Pitt, Ty Allen, Yogi the Guitarist, Kyle Joe Hart, Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Shane Malloy, Eric Hammer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Eisler, Gavin Vanderlinden, Andy Manley, Robert Butterworth, Scott Utley, Marcus Alkanawaki, Simon Milbourne, Stuart Robson, Christian Unhansen, Keith Adams, Eric File, Jack Tuckmore, Joe Butting, James Thor, Abe Matthews, Ken Sayers, Kytopia the Man, John Anglin, Ross Edwards, Stephen Borg, Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jake Gray, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lowson, Derek Rich, Blake Wyland, Rob Norman, Shady Short, Steve Merkel, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Robin Smith, Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, and Moon Gravity! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Acast and Befaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel.